Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Please be advised that the following podcast contains seriously strong language. Well, it is John Parkin. What did you expect? And it's a good one. Enjoy. Welcome to the Iron Brew Podcast, another In Conversation episode. You've got Brad Mel, Matt Blanchard, Matt Ellis. And we're talking to a player who wasn't all with Scunthorpe United all that long, but he's a real character of the game. It's the beast himself. John Parkin, how are you doing? I'm very well. How are you, chaps? Yeah, not bad, thank you. Right, so let's have a look. I want to start with that nickname, actually, um, The Beast. It's followed you throughout your career. Uh, to your knowledge, where did it actually come from and when were you first aware of it? It was it was Brian Orton, actually. Uh, he didn't actually name me, name me. I think uh, we played a game one Saturday and then I think I must have scored a couple and he's doing his interview on the, for the paper the day after and I think he said something like, yeah, he's, he's a bit of a beast and then that was the headline, like not the headline because we're in League Two. You know what I mean? It weren't, <laughs> it weren't like splashed over the back page, but that was the, that was the thing. It, something about John the Beast parking, uh, and it stuck from there. Did you have any kind of um, pre or post post match routine throughout your career, John? To be fair, I mean, I used to always travel to games, uh, and I used to like, I used to like to sleep as long as I could, so I'd set off pretty much where where I need to go. So I just, if I were traveling to a, to a home game, depending on which club, I'd just have like a a sandwich and a bag of crisps and maybe a chocolate bar, something like that. That would be a pre-match meal. And you obviously started your career at Barnsley as a, as a youth player and then you got your professional deal as well there. But you did start off as a defender. How did you kind of make that move from, from defender to striker? Well, I actually started... I was, I was a striker up to being about 14. Uh, and then the, the youth team manager at Barnsley decided to, to try me at centre-half when I was sort of 15-ish. Uh, and I was, I was actually playing the Premier Youth League, which were like the, the under-18s, uh, while I was still at school. Uh, and I was playing centre-half more Saturdays with that. So uh, that's where I started playing centre-half. But then I did a little bit little bit of both uh, up until up until I went to Macclesfield. I mean, when I went to York, I remember my second game for York, I played up front first half, centre-half second half, which were, uh, which were a, bit, a, bit, uh, a bit weird, really. And didn't you miss one of your first appearances for Barnsley? Uh, so I've started my, started my YTS, obviously, and then started July whenever we went back pre-season. And we've got through pre-season. And it comes to the, the first reserve game. And uh, it was when there were only three subs. So we've done all those jobs. We've trained in the morning. We've done all those jobs. Uh, and we've gone into town. And we're having something to eat before we went back to, to sort the, the game out for the, for the reserves, really. So I'm... Decided to have, so I had fish and chips, uh, fish and chips for my tea. Uh, and then uh, I met a, 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 a lass who I knew, uh, or knew quite well, and then ended up sort of nipping back to her house for a little bit. Uh, managed to get a bit of a sweat on when I got back and then put my tracksuit back on and went to the game. And when we got to the game, they realised that it was the season that changed from 
from three subs to five subs, and the, the manager, the, the reserve team manager, said, "You're on the bench." And I was like, "All oh, right." Uh, so well, I've just had. I, I, obviously, I didn't say it to him. I think to myself, "I've just had fish and chips, and 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 twenty minutes exercise, and uh, <laughs> and I'm on the bench now." And I ended up coming on at half time, to be honest. How did the game go when you came on at half time? I, I, I honestly can't remember, to be honest. I can imagine. <laughs> I can imagine how I tired. I trained in the morning, as I said, had twenty minutes exercise and. Uh, and fish and chips so I can't imagine how great <laughs> uh, let's, let's move forward slightly to, to York because I think this is where the first Scunthorpe United connection comes in and because uh, when you're at Scunthorpe Chris Brass is at the club in assistant role and he was a uh, player manager at York at the time so uh, t- discuss a little bit about your, some of your encounters with him uh, to be fair Brassy he, he, he was a player when I first, when I first went uh, had a season with him as a player, uh, maybe just a bit longer, and then obviously he got the assistant, uh, the manager's job, which, which were a little bit strange for, for, uh, for us players because you're only 26, 27, something stupid like that. So it were, it were a bit strange, but I mean, to be fair, because Brassy knew what I was like as a as a player away from the pits. I think he, he sort of like he were tearing his hair out with us, to be honest. I mean, I ended up the one game where it made me sub. Uh, it made me sub because I was throwing mud at players on the on the, the the training the day training day before, but he forgot to fetch the balls and the bibs up. So like half the team's running around with no shirts on. So as obviously having a, a little bit of cracking training, I was just throwing mud at people as they run past me, uh, and he fucking dropped me for it. Um, <laughs> so I just said to him, I says, "Look, I says you, you can you can get folks to Sam. I should be I should have been playing. Uh, you, you dropped me for something as stupid as that when." When you've been as unprofessional as not to fetch the balls, the bibs, and the cones, uh, I says I'm I'm going, and I went got, went out of his office, picked up a wash bag, and and went home, and then uh, I didn't last very much longer at the club. It cost me a week's wages, that to be honest, but I, I didn't last much longer at the club, and then I, I didn't really hear much from him until uh, until they gave me a ring about coming to Scunny. Staying with York then, and I, I think I remember a game, um, it was at Granford Park and you were with York at the time and uh, I think you got sent off and Steve Torpy got sent off as well. Can you can you remember that game? Can you talk us through it? Yeah, I remember it very well. It was Cliffy, Cliffy Byrne it were. Uh, we'd, we'd, had a, we'd had a bit of a do, uh, like all game or whatever, and we got, we got a free kick uh, and I'd sort of lost my head a little bit and I thought, I thought, I thought fuck it, I'm going to smash him. Uh, so I've gone to elbow him off the ball and I really went to elbow him. But he must have seen it, Cliffy. And it must have been hard for him to get that chin out of the way, don't get me wrong. Uh, it was a big old chin, Cliffy. Uh, but he managed to get out of the way, but he still went down as though I'd, uh, as though I'd caught him. And then the linesman called the ref over uh, and I got sent off. And, I, were, and I, I were like, right, fair enough. But then just after the game, the FA Cup draw got done uh, and York got drawn home to Barnsley. And I was going to be suspended. Uh, obviously for that which I was which I was raging about really so I, I seen Cliffy and I said next time I see you I'm going to fucking smash your face in <laughs> and then a couple of years later I'm on holiday uh, I can't remember where we were just walking on seafront on holiday and Cliffy's walking the other way with his missus uh, and, and he sort of stood back and they're like thought oh no I, I wonder if he's going to crack us here uh, I just said to him look man I said, I'm not going to crack you while they're on holiday with me we, like with me and missus and you and your missus I'm not going to crack you on holiday you know what I mean uh, and then when I came I got on I got on great with Cliffy Would you say that's kind of a regular theme in, in your career then would you know opposition defences try to wind you up a bit on the pitch did you have a little bit of a reputation uh, Not so much to be honest like, to be fair I used to quite like it I used to like the like the physical as long as 
as long as if someone smashed me, if I smashed them back, they were, they were, then as long as they weren't moaning about it, you know, you know like, if somebody would get up and shake each other's hands at the end of the game, uh, that, that were fine for me. I mean, I, I mean, I used to get dogs abuse, well, from pretty much every set of away fans, and I used to love it. I really I used to, I used to prefer playing away at times, because especially when you score, because you can just shove it right up them. Uh, now, I don't know exactly how many clubs you have between York and, and Scunthorpe, but we've had a, a question in, actually, and they want to know, did you have, apart from that York game we've just discussed, did you have any other memories of playing against Scunthorpe for any of the clubs you've been at in your career up to that point? Yeah, I think it was. I think it, it must have been first time around at York. I can remember, oh, boom, boom, uh, Jamie McComb. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I can remember we were playing at York around about the Christmas time and I think he was trying to get away. I think he got a chance to remove and the club was stopping it. Uh, and, and he, he was shoving. He got brought on at half-time and I'm sure he got two yellow cards within the space of 90 seconds of coming on uh, and obviously got sent off. I'm sure I'm sure it was somewhat, somewhat ridiculous, like a minute and a half, two minutes and he'd been booked twice and got sent off. I think that turned out to be his last game, actually. Um I think there were Villa Aston Villa scouts looking at him at the time and I think he was hoping for a move there but unfortunately uh, I think he fought, fallen out with Brian Laws and uh, that didn't quite materialise and he ended up signing for Lincoln. Yeah, I knew I knew, I knew, well, cause I knew him from the youth team game so I was speaking to him I said, how come you sub? And he's like, uh, oh, I've got trying to get out, trying to get a move. Uh, the, he's fucking, the manager's killing me, X, Y, Z and then he got sent off after two minutes. After York, you obviously moved to Macclesfield as well. How was it with Macclesfield? You know, you, you tend to think sort of lower lower League Two side, um, low budget, things like that. How was that playing for them? And, um, you know, how do you think you did there? Uh, it was it brilliant, to be fair. To be fair, at the time, it, there, weren't, it, there weren't so much low budget back then. Uh, I mean, when I left, I, I, I got a better contact at uh, Macclesfield than what I did at York, uh, which, which might be a bit surprising. But... Uh, to be fair, when I first went in, I mean, we were, we were second bottom. I think we were second bottom of the league. And York was sort of mid-table, but, but falling down the way. And uh, I think I scored one goal in 16 games when I first went to Macclesfield. We, we, but we ended up staying up. But that goal ended up being against York at, at, at Bootham. Uh, and York ended up going down that year. So we were a little bit like, oh shit, the only goal I scored was to send my old team down. And of course, John, you were at Hull City, um, big rivals, Scunthorpe United. How did you get on there? Uh, again, uh, it was a bit of a strange one because I'd obviously been in the league uh, in the Championship with Barnsley. Played, I, I didn't play many games, maybe 12, 14 games, but most of them were centre half. So I weren't sure if I could if I could do it in the Championship. To be honest, uh, playing as a as a striker. But then when I when I went again. Hull was second second bottom in the leagues, but it was championship team, so I'm jumping up two leagues. Uh, uh, obviously, the contract was better. Still an hour away from Barnsley, so I could travel, which was which were fantastic. And the uh, first game, we played Crystal Palace at home, and we're 2-0 down after about 15 minutes uh, and getting battered. But I managed to, I managed to score uh, just before half-time, I think. Uh, we lost the game 2-1. But then I think I scored the next game. I think I scored like three in the first five, six games, something like that. Uh, which, 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 like, said to, to myself, oh, I've half a chance of uh, being able to do it at this level, really. Yeah, obviously from Hull as well. You get your move to Stoke, and you're in the squad that got promoted to the Premier League. How was that? 
Uh, brilliant, absolutely brilliant. I mean, it, it, was, it was tough because I'm sure everybody knows what sort of character Tony Pulis is and how his training is. I mean, training was boring as shit. Absolutely boring as shit. It was, it was so regimental. It was tactics, set pieces. It weren't, it weren't particularly enjoyable at all. But we were, get, we were, get, we were winning every Saturday. Uh, so you can't really complain about it. And uh, ultimately, it led to us as getting promoted. I mean, I think I, I probably only started four or five games, but I came on in sort of 30, 32 games, something like that. So although I didn't have as big a part to play as what I'd have liked, I still, I still feel as though I'd, I'd done, me, done me bit, like, really. I want to move on to Cardiff now, actually, because I think this is the a club will spend a little bit of time talking about because uh, you don't have the best experience there so maybe just in initial sense talk us through why that was to be honest I never really wanted to go uh, in the first place I were, I were at Preston I could have gone to Sheffield Wednesday or Sheffield Wednesday or Cardiff uh, Preston had took both both bids uh, but Sheffield Wednesday were a league one team then it was my older manager Alan Irvine from Preston uh, but Cardiff was second in the championship and uh, the contract were obviously better than than uh, Sheffield Wednesday one. And as I said, my, my thought process was: I go down there, I'll sign a two and a half year contract. Hopefully, we'll get we we with a really good chance because we had a, an incredible team down there. To be honest, um, we'll get promoted. My wages will double. I'll not play in the Premier League, uh, and I'll come back on loan up north somewhere. Uh, and that was my genuine thought process. We. It were uh, it were the first time really that I'd, I'd moved for for money and just money and uh, to be fair for the first four or five months it, I, I I really enjoyed it great set of lads uh, well most most great set of lads couple of tits in there but and then we ended up getting beat in the playoffs and Dave Jones got the sack uh, and then Malky Mackay came in and then that was just torture we just hated each other from the probably from the first week I would say why do you think you two clashed then. Because his first meeting, it was, it was, I've obviously, I've never been in the army, but I can imagine it was like an army major stood in front of all the, all his platoon and he's just telling you what you're doing. Uh, you can't have an opinion on anything. Uh, it's, it, it's how, this is how we're doing it and, and nobody can say anything, anything different. And I've never been like that. If I thought, if I think something's wrong, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll give. I'll voice my opinion on it. You know what I mean? And and he didn't want that. He just wanted sort of robots. Uh, uh, and I couldn't be a robot. And I mean, it, it's uh, as I said, we. It, I knew knew for a fact, and he just need to get out. When, when you're at Cardiff, isn't that when you had to buy your own tickets to the cup final? Yeah, that's the one. Uh, I mean, I, obviously, I didn't start the season. I played in the first round against. Oxford, I think, of the Carling, whatever cup it was called then. Uh, the first round of the Carling Cup obviously went through. I played in the second round against Huddersfield, actually, and scored. We went through. Uh, and then when I was on loan at Scunthorpe, the, we, we got to the final. So I, I phoned up uh, the secretary down at, at Cardiff and said, look, what's, what's the crack? Can I, can I get some tickets for the game? Uh, so I'll phone you back in a little bit. Uh, so I got a, a phone call back saying uh, you, you're not you're not welcome at the final. Uh, if you want uh, if you want any tickets, you, you're gonna have to buy them. So I ended up having to buy tickets to watch the team that I played for in the cup final when I played in the first two rounds and actually scored in one of them, <laughs> which is just fucking crazy, really. 
Uh, but that's how much that's how much he he didn't want me anywhere near it, and how much he it, we, we, he despised us really. Well, let's talk about Scunthorpe then, because you've mentioned that, uh, and obviously you were at Cardiff at the time. I think you've been on loan very briefly to Huddersfield as well before then. Uh, when was it that you were first aware that Alan Nill and Chris Brass wanted you at the club? Pretty much straight after Huddersfield, I think. Uh, Brass had just phoned me. He said, uh, "Well, obviously we're at Alan Scunny, we're nearly." And I never, I didn't know Alan uh, before. Uh, just Brassy, and he just said, "Look, we're struggling a little bit." We. We're trying to get a few players in. We need to stay up. Would you be interested? Uh, and same as I said, I, I, snapped, I, I said, yeah, no problem. If you, if you can get the wages suited out with Cardiff and whatever, uh, that, that, then, I, then I'd, I'd love to come. And, and it was somewhat, somewhat stupid. Like eight, Cardiff was still paying like 85, 80%, 85% of their wages. Uh, that's just how much they wanted to get me out of the building and get me away from the from the football club, which obviously worked worked all right for Scunny. Uh, but it was, yeah, as soon as, as soon as he said, would you fancy coming? I was like, yeah, brilliant, fantastic. But the thing is, I weren't fit for the first two, three games. You know what I mean? So I'd, I'd not had to play any football that season, so it took me a little bit to get into it. Uh, but ultimately, we ended up staying up, which was brilliant. How much did the, uh, the kind of previous incident with Chris Brass, Brass at York come into your thinking before joining Scunthorpe? Uh, not at all, to be honest. I mean, it's one of them. It? I mean, I was sort of 20, 20 year old, twenty yeah, twenty twenty one when when that happened, and then when I came to Scunny, I was probably ten years later. You know, it's one of them in football. It's 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 stuff happens in football, and you just gonna go. I mean, I never, I never actually fell out with Brassy as such at, at York. Uh, uh, it's just one of them where uh, I, I I weren't happy with what it done and, and and as I say ultimately left but so yeah as I say we're no there were no thought process of oh what's Brassy gonna be like or whatever and 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 to be fair he said to me look can you do us a favour as such uh, and I didn't think I, I don't I don't think I've ever been good enough to be able to do managers and whatever favours but uh yeah as I said as soon as he said would you fancy it I was like yeah that'd be brilliant. Was it always kind of a short-term thing until sort of the end of the season then? Or was there anything kind of... Was it spoken about then that if the club stayed up, they might offer you something for the, for the next season? Uh, they, I, they offered me a two-year contract. Uh, uh, I got a year left at Cardiff. So they said, look, if you can get that sorted out at that end, uh, we'll, we'll offer you a two-year contract. And I was like, right, OK. So they said what, what, what it would be and everything. And, and then I got, I got a call from Fleetwood. Uh, obviously in League Two, just come up from the conference. Said, would you would you speak to them? So I went to speak to them, and to be honest, the main reason I didn't sign was the fact that it was Fleetwood. When I went to Fleetwood, spoke to the chairman and, and whatever, and and he said the ambitions that he got for the football club. Uh, that well, that was something that I was sort of thirty one, thirty two, and I didn't want my career just to sort of fizzle out. I wanted to go to a club that was. I've been a bit of a gush, you know what I mean? Even though we're dropping down a league. I mean, I could have signed a two-year deal at Scunthorpe, but we would have been the same again. I mean, the club had got no money at the time. Uh, we'd have been the same again. Not getting relegated would have been a successful season. Uh, and I didn't really want that to be the last two years of my career sort of thing. I mean, I ended up playing for another six, whatever. But I thought, I don't want to get... I don't want to just be grinding it out. I want to be a team who's trying to trying to get promotion having a bash if you know what I mean and that's no disrespect to Scunthorpe it was just at that point in my career that's what that's, that's the way I felt I'd, I'd go with it 
you mentioned that you didn't think the club had any money, things like that. And obviously as fans, we saw kind of the club drop from the championship and then ultimately into League Two. Is that the way you kind of saw it going if, if there wasn't any investment that summer? I just I just knew it would be tough. I mean, it's one of that, we, 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 we stayed up with, what, a couple of games to go? Yeah, uh, four games, I think. Yeah, and I didn't want I didn't want another season of just slog. Do you know what I mean? I just had a I just had a shit season at Cardiff, uh, with, uh, and I just didn't want. I wanted to be playing football uh, and happy. And as I said, having a, having a bit of a bash. You know what I mean? Even though it were a league lower. I mean, if I'd have been if I'd have been twenty one, twenty two, it might have been a totally different thing. But I was thirty two, and uh, as I said, I didn't want to be grinding it out week in week out with you. Where you you getting dicked and all that sort of stuff, I, and so that was the main reason. I think if it was sort of, if it were another another club uh, who weren't as ambitious as Fleetwood, I, I'd have probably stayed because I, I got on great with Nilly and, and obviously Brassy in the end. You mentioned when you did first come to the club that you hadn't played for a while and that you were unfit. How was it sort of getting back to the level uh, that you needed to be at to to play those games? I'm one of them players who. Uh, I'll, I'll speak about it later we're on about Graham Alexander mm-hmm. I'm one of them players who needs to be playing uh, and I'm only going to get fit by playing games so I mean the the first I can't remember what the first game was it was someone at home was it it was Rochdale it was a win at Roch, uh, against Rochdale 1-0 right so it, yeah one of them so you get into 60 minutes and uh, and you start to blow up a little bit and gradually after game after game after game I started feeling really much better but then he got towards the end of the me loan spell. He got to the point when I couldn't really train because I, you know, we did, uh, we we must have had a bad winter and we couldn't know we just were training indoors, you know, on the astral turf. But uh, I'm not sure where it's like a big shed thing. Yeah, oh, the shed. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we 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 training in there, and I'd already had I'd already had three operations on my knee, uh, uh, and I, I shouldn't really have trained on it. But coming to a new club, trying to get fit. So towards the end of me, end of that season, my knee started to play up, and I said to I said to Nilly, I said, look, I said I'm struggling. He says, right, just make sure you're fit to play on a Saturday, which I did, and luckily because I was playing games and, and whatever, I'd sort of built my fitness up to to not far off, and then soon away, straight away after the after we got safe, I think I missed the last game, last two games maybe, we won on the Saturday or whatever, to we, we were definitely safe, and then I went and had an operation on the following Thursday. Uh, on my knee to, to sort my knee out. Uh, yeah, you mentioned there about missing a couple of games and one of them definitely was Chesterfield away and I remember it quite well because uh, I think I owe you a few royalties as well. <laughs> we got some t-shirts printed with your face on and there was quite a few, right. few, we got a few people in the away end were wearing them and then I think it was obviously announced that you were injured. And the, the reason I remember it is because uh, I lived in Leicester at the time and on the way home, I don't obviously have quite a lot to drink, um, Fallen asleep on the train and woke up in fucking London. So it was. Uh, oh no! Nice. <laughs> We've all done that, mate. We've all done. That. But it worked out perfect for me because I got a, I got a trip to Vegas uh, the, the the week after. Uh, so I had my operation, and then I, th- I think Cardiff must have been in the playoffs or whatever. So I had my operation, uh, and and Cardiff Cardiff had still got obviously the playoff game. So, but I said to Cardiff, I said, "Look, I'm just, I'm just going to see the physio at Scunthorpe." Uh, and I said to Scunthorpe, "I'm going to see the physio back down in Cardiff." Uh, and I, I went to Vegas. Fuck it. <laughs> but to be fair, Scunny, the, the, the physio at Scunny weren't asked because I'd, I'd come in and kept us up. He weren't really that asked, to be honest. So, so I ended up, 
because of, because we got safe early, I ended up being able to go to Vegas for a little trip. Uh, let's talk about some of the games then that you played with us. Obviously, your first goal was away at Orient, but I want to look at that. Do uh, you remember the Yeovil game? I think it was two all. You scored them both, but it, the fog was horrendous that day. Do you remember that one? Yeah, I think to be honest, I think to be honest, I, I don't think they would have played it if we'd not already gone down there and everyone had it called off. If you remember, we went down on a Saturday. We were supposed to play on a Saturday. And we got, and it, for whatever, it must have been an icy pitch or whatever, it got called up at 12 o'clock on the Saturday. So that's why it was a Tuesday night. It was a rearranged game. Uh, and I think, as I said, we pulled up to the ground and I said, fucking hell, lads, there's a good chance this is not going ahead and all. Uh, and I mean, for the first sort of 15, 20 minutes, it were all right. But when the fog started coming in, we should, we probably should never have never have played. But see, the thing is, I might, I might have only scored one. You never know, do you? Because nobody yeah. nobody, nobody'll ever see. But nobody else has claimed it, so... And of course, ultimately, you know, we, we secure safety in League One. And, you know, what was the atmosphere around the club when that was confirmed? Uh, for fair, when I came in, the atmosphere weren't too bad anyway. You know, I mean, it, uh, for, a, for a team who's down there struggling. But it's just one of re- relief, really. I mean, for the lads who's got the year after contracts and stuff, it's the wages are not going to go down and, and stuff like that. They're still going to have another year in League One. It's, uh, it's more of a, a relief, to be honest. But I think, going back to it, I think Murph came in pretty much at the same time as me and I think he were a, he were a really good signing uh, somebody we needed to come in and, and get the, the back four organised and stuff and it were uh, as I say it fetched, it fetched the, the right players in to be fair nearly We'll go on to nil then because obviously he got a lot of stick from the fans um, not particularly that season but definitely the season after and then he was ultimately sacked um, how did you find him as a you obviously said you got on with him but how did you find him as a manager because the fans you know heard little bits and certain players maybe fell out with him and, and we heard that he wasn't particularly a great man manager players are going to fall out with managers if you're not in the team you're going to fall out with them uh, which is, is rightly so because if you're at a football club and you're, you're happy that, or you're not that bothered that you're not playing uh, then you, you're in the wrong game that shouldn't be, that shouldn't be the case I think the thing with Nilly was he's, he was quite a a, 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 he's got quite a dry personality. He's not. Uh, he's not, don't show many emotions. And if you're a fan and your team's getting beat, fans want to see emotion from the manager, uh, sort of shouting and bawling. But that just weren't nearly style. I mean, he's, I mean, he's doing incredible now at Sheffield United, United with Chris. Uh, but no, I got on really well. He's, he's actually a. As I say, he, he comes across as quite. Not shy, but just quite quiet and whatever. But he's actually a, a funny, funny, interesting guy. And as I say, I really, really got on with him. Do you think he maybe got some stick um, because of the board? Obviously, there was no money. Do you think he kind of maybe took the criticism for that, where potentially it was the the wage cuts and things like that that were kind of his hands were tied as such. Yeah, I mean, yeah. To a certain, if you're a manager of a football club and you you get your budget slashed and all that, you're pissing in the wind anyway, aren't you? You 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 backs up against it straight away, uh, and ultimately it's always the manager who gets the who gets the the flack and uh, and ultimately gets the sack and and, that, and that's obviously what happened. But it's one of them. if you've got a, if you're going to football and you've got a budget and they slash it by I don't know forty percent. You, you, you're going to be struggling, aren't you? Whoever the manager is. Uh, you mentioned Murph a minute ago. Um, who else did you particularly enjoy playing with in that squad? And who else do you think was quite important in regards to getting the club to safety that year? I'm just having, well, did Josh Walker come in? Yeah, from Watford, um, I think as well. Yeah, yeah Josh, Josh done really well for us. Just trying to think who else came in. To be, to be fair, there were good players there. 
you've got obviously Reedy, you've got Sam's a good goalkeeper, Cliffy, uh, Tomo. We also had uh, Conor McElhaney for a time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he looked he looked decent, to be fair. And then he, he got injured after maybe one, two games, were it? Something like that. Yeah. It looked as though it looked as though he could have it could have helped us out because he was quick and sharp and uh, and he could finish and I think if he not got injured I think he could have he could have scored some goals to be fair. Uh, let's look at let's look at your record then because obviously you you scored a few goals there you get you know, six in thirteen uh, fourteen I think with the cup uh, which is decent return you know for how long you were at the club so you you seemed to enjoy your time here then was that was that the case? Yeah, same as I said. Uh, the 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 main thing for me were all back home. Oh, back home, which which was a massive thing for me. But it was nice to be playing football again. So I'd, I'd not really played. I mean, I played played the full month at Donny. Uh, I played uh, two games for Huddersfield. Apart from that, I'd not played any games. Uh, so it was just nice to be back playing. And and as I said, I, the, the, I've managed to get fitter the, the the games that I played, and then managed to just hang on at the end with my knee. Uh, so I maybe. I don't know. If I'd, if I'd come in fitter uh, from from playing games, I, I, I possibly could have could have been done a little bit better. But the main thing were Brassy, Brassy said to me, "Look, come in, help us stop up," uh, and when we stopped up, which were obviously. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live, from ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating. They always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at Burrow.com slash ACAST. That's Burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. What we, what, what the, job, the role that I've been given to do. You've already mentioned that you you then go to Fleetwood. Now we are obviously fairly interested in you, in a few stories from this because Graham Alexander's at the club, and I think you've got quite a um, a relationship with him. So, but what were those early days like for you? Uh, another one of them where I've gone in, I've come from the Championship. Uh, I'm into League Two, and I'm expected to hit the ground running, uh, and I didn't really. Uh, the first. I don't think I scored for the first five or six games, something like that. And then, and then I scored an Attic away at Morecambe, which which got me, which got me going really. We started, we started, we started well as a team, and then I think we dropped to about fifth. And and as I said, Fleetwood were having a right bash, to be honest. We were, were fetched loads of players in, spending quite a lot of money. Uh, well, a, a lot of money for that league. And Mickey Mellon got the sack, but just just before that, I'd. Uh, as I said, started scoring some goals or whatever, and, and I pulled my hamstring on the uh, in in a game, and Mickey got sacked in between me getting injured to to coming back, and obviously Graham Alexander came in as manager. Uh, I didn't know him, but I know I know a lot of players who played him at Preston, obviously, and I knew him. I know him from playing against him and and whatever, and saying hello to him and whatever, and then I managed to get back to to where I was training. 
and then his first, my first training session back, I pulled my hamstring again. The, the physio at Fleetwood worked great and had not, had not given me the right rehab. So I was out for another six weeks then. But I trained and then on the Friday, I went in to see the physio and he said, uh, right, I'll see you Monday. I said, oh, fantastic. Uh, well, not fantastic, but all right, no bother. Uh, and the team were playing away, so they travelled on the Friday. Uh, so Friday afternoon, I went, obviously, decided to go, to go out for a couple of drinks and, and whatever. And it, it gets to about six o'clock, gets a message from the, the fitness coach saying, oh, you're in training tomorrow in, in Blackpool with me at the gym. And I'm like, fucking hell, there's no, there's no I can do, is there? So I messaged him back saying, is there, is there any chance that I can just say that I came in and you'll just say that you came in and we'll just tell the manager that we both came in? Uh, <laughs> anyway, I didn't get a reply from him, so I thought I'd better go in. <laughs> so I obviously, I ended up going, going out and having a proper night out, getting in at whatever time. And uh, I woke up next day at 12 o'clock and I was supposed to be uh, at the gym in, in Blackpool for 10 o'clock. Uh, <laughs> So I just totally lied in. So I messaged, I messaged the fitness coach saying, look, I'm really sorry I've laid in, whatever. And So I went into work on the Monday and just kept my head down for once. Nobody ever said anything to me. Same on the Tuesday. Uh, Wednesday, we're off. And I thought, I've got away with this. Anyway, it pulls me on the Thursday morning. What the fucking hell happened with you last weekend? I says, look, I'm really sorry I, uh, I laid in. Uh, I messaged Martin, the fitness coach, saying I laid in. And... Uh, Says, did you message him telling him to telling us both to have the day off and just tell me that you've been in? I'm like, oh for fuck's sake, stitch me up here. I says, yeah, yeah, I did. I was only joking, and then I actually did lay in. He said, uh, that's fucking bang out of order. I says, right, yeah, 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 no problem, no problem. He says, uh, I'm going to find you a week's wage. Uh, what do you think? I says, well, I don't think it's brilliant, like, but if if you're going to, you've only been in here a week. If you find me a week's wage and then that's it, draw a line under it. Uh, then that's fine he says yeah that'll happen and, and I never think he I don't think he ever actually drew a line under it to be honest so you uh, apparently stayed at the, the chairman's hotel and the chairman found out that someone was having a piss on the floor what happened there? yeah another one another one we, uh, so the chairman's got these luxury apartments and, in uh, in Poulton so we've had a night out a team night out or whatever and some of us are staying there and it's one of them. It's one of them wet room bathrooms. You know what I mean? Where it's just all tile floors or whatever. And I still to this day don't know if it was me, but I took the blame for it anyway. So gets the Monday morning. The uh, Alexander pulls me. He says, "Did you stop in number room number four on Saturday night?" Uh, yeah, he says. Uh, he says, "Well, there's like there's piss all over the place." I'm like, right. He says. He says, "Did you were you, were you pissing all over the place in the in the shower room or whatever?" I says, well, I'm going to be perfectly honest with you. I, I don't know if it was me or not. Uh, so there's a good chance it were, but I don't know. Everybody came back to my room. I said, I don't know if it was me, but I'll take the blame for it. He's like, that's bang out of the chairman's raging and all this. So we're like, right. He says, you need to phone the chairman. So I'm thinking, oh, fucking hell, this, this, this could go anywhere, this. So I phoned the chairman, Andy Pilly. I says, uh, I a chairman, it's John Parkin. He says, oh, it's fucking piss pot parking, is it? <laughs> I'm like, I says, look, Mr. Chair, I says, Chairman, I says, there's a good chance it on me. I'm not 100% sure it on me, but I'm really sorry anyway. Uh, he says, right, don't worry about it. Just uh, pay for some flowers for the cleaners. So I sent some some flowers for the cleaners. And uh, and the Chairman weren't really that asked about it, but he made like this sort of a bigger thing about it than what needed to be, I think. 
something that <clears throat> when when Alexander was at Scunthorpe, we were a little bit annoyed with, although we were doing well at, at times, was the fact that he was maybe playing formations that didn't suit the players he had. And even though it wasn't working, he was quite stubborn and wouldn't change it. Um, was that kind of a theme at Fleetwood as well? Oh, mate, 100%. 100%. I mean, going back to it, like when this was the, this was the season after, so... I had that season with him and then I signed, I signed a new deal with him. Uh, and then it got to the season after uh, and, and I didn't start the season. And I said to him, what? so I went and said, I said, why am I not Why am I not playing? He says, I don't think you're fit enough. I says, right. I says, well, I says, the only way that I'm going to get fit is if you play me in games. He says, no, I, I, I think you can get fit on the training ground. I says, well, you fucking might have been able to. <laughs> I says, but I can't. He says, no, you you can get fit on the training ground. And I was like, well, I'll, I'll tell you again. I will not get fit unless you unless I'm playing games. That's the only way. The only way. So I, I were in and out of the team or whatever. But as I said, when I went in the team, because uh, I, I, after an hour, I'm I'm our folks. You know what I mean? So I'd not uh, had a, a long run again. But we 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 were playing four five one right, and we've got David Ball up front, who's a fantastic footballer. But he's about five foot ten. No, not even that. Five foot seven balling. So teams had worked as that. All they did is we just let let our back four have it, and then we'd go forward, and the two meathead centre halves would smash ball in, the ball would come back. So I'm in the dressing room like that. Look, after after game, we need to play fucking four four two here. This is we need to play four four two. Why 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 is he not playing four four two in the earshot of the of the the staff? You know what I mean? So it get it'll get back to him. Uh, and he pulled me just before Christmas. He said, uh, are you fucking disrupting my dressing room? He says, what, what do you mean am I disrupting your dressing room? He says, fucking tell a, tell a plant seed to say we should play 4-4-2. I'm like, well, I think we should. He says, why? Why do you think we should play 4-4-2? He says, well, the teams have worked as that, X, Y, Z. Anyway, we didn't play 4-4-2 next game or next game. And we got dicked, well, we got beat at Morecambe 1-0, right? And we were, we were abysmal, boxing day. So it comes to the, the after the game, he says, right, over to you, what do you think? I says, I think we should play 4-4-2. I think we and then a couple of other lads went, yeah, so do I. So, New Year's Day, we're playing 4-4-2 and I'm back in the team. We beat Accrington 4-0 and I, I think I scored and, I, and set up two. And then the rest of the month, we played 4-4-2 and we won five games and drew one game playing 4-4-2 and he got fucking manager of the month. <laughs> Stood there with his fucking trophy with manager of the month and I think... I think I might have come second in the Player of the Month as well. I think I would put nomination for Player of the Month. I think I scored four or five goals or whatever. So I got, I got in the team. I'd started scoring. I was, I, was, I was getting fit. I was doing well. And then he fetched Dean Newman for the last 15 games. And Newman's <clears throat> a great lad, a good player. But he couldn't score. <clears throat> I think he scored one in 14 games. But we were, we were picking up results. And then we ended up getting... getting we were in the playoffs uh, with one game to go. Uh, we're playing Chesterfield away, and we can't we can't move any places. So we are set in third, maybe or fourth, whatever it was. We were set. So we got uh, away game first, home game second. So we're playing Chesterfield away. We're like top. It ended up they needed a win to win the league. So we put all us in who weren't going to be playing on the on the Friday night in the first playoff game. I used to travel in with Ryan Cresswell, and, and he were he were the same. He'd been bobbed out of the team or whatever. So he put all us in on the last game uh, and we're winning 1-0 away at Chesterfield uh, at half-time. So it comes in after the game, uh, at half-time and I'm like, uh, 
they went into a little meeting in the toilet, him and Chris Lachetti, and all that joking with the lads saying, they'll be stood in there now, we're fucking hell, this weren't supposed to happen, were it? Hey, we, we, we weren't supposed to be beating fucking, what we're going to do if they want to come and play on Friday, they're going to come and knock on my door, what? We were supposed to be getting fucking beat here. Anyway, they scored just after half time, and then they went 2 1 up with probably 25 minutes to go. And he ended up taking a striker off. So we ended up playing 4 5 1 again. And they just kept the ball, you know, like crowd belaying and all that sort of stuff. Red Hot Day, or like fucking party carnival for them. And uh, we got beat 2 1. So the big pitch invasion, so all the fans are fucking rubbing my head and all that, you know what I mean? <laughs> fucking get in there, you fat bastard. Get in there like that. But I'm raging, I'm raging for the last 15 minutes of the game because I'm chasing about for nothing, really. So he gets into the dressing room after everybody sits down or whatever and I just went, that's fucking, that's bang out of order, that. And Alexander went, what do you mean? He says, you fucking know exactly what I mean. He says, what, what do you mean? I says, you, we, we fucking took one down. We've we nothing to lose. We can't move anywhere in the, in, the, in the playoffs and you take a fucking striker off just so none of us can come to you on fucking through the week and say, I should be playing on Friday in the playoffs. I said, it's fucking bang out of all of that. So you've hung his heart to dry. Anyway, unbeknown to me, Ryan Cresswell, who, as I said, travelled in with, he got caught to the side of the pitch. So he'd not, he'd not heard any of this. So he burst into the dressing room and he just went, fucking bang out of all of that. It was as if we'd actually set it up, you know what I mean? And he went, you've just fucking hung his heart to dry. We're losing 2-1, you take a striker off and it's like a fucking party out there for them. So it's fucking scandalous. Anyway, Alexander went, what, would you rather us lose 4-1, 3-1? I said, fucking right, I would. I'd rather get beat 3-1 trying to get some out of the game than, uh, than just 2-1 and lose with a whimper. And, and I have to listen to all them fucking assholes cheering and that. And then we, as I said, so none of us, none of us who, were, who, were, who played in that game played in the next game in the, the playoffs, but we got to the final and, uh, and ended up getting promoted, which were obviously the reason I'd gone to Fleetwood in the, in the first place. Is it fair to say that Alexander didn't offer to share his uh, Manager of the Month trophy with you? No, not at all, mate, not at all. I mean, he never even, he never even, like, never even acknowledged it, to be honest. <laughs> never even acknowledged it. And then, to be fair, just after, just after we'd gone up, we, I think we went up on a Monday, we went to Magaluf on the, the Wednesday, got back on the late Friday night, I went to a wedding in Edinburgh on the, on the Saturday, uh, one of the lads' weddings, and then travelling back down from Edinburgh on the Sunday, sort of one o'clock, gets a, a phone call from Alexander. Uh, Hiya, John, just let you know we're not going to offer you, offer you anything next year. Just went right by, put phone down. Not the last time I spoke to him. There's just one other thing I want to pick up on at Fleetwood, actually, while we're on the topic, and it, it was something you mentioned in your book. Uh, and There's a quote in there, and you said, uh, I noticed if things weren't going well for the team, Alexander would always take me off no matter how I was playing. Yeah, it happened twice. First time got in at probably September, October time. So I've been in and out of the team and I, and I ended up playing two or three, four games up bounce. And we got a, a kid in called uh, Mikel Mandarin, I think they called him, uh, on loan from Sunderland. Young kid, he's probably about 19. Uh, and we were playing away at, oh, I can't remember who we were playing. And I said to the lads, I said, watch this. I said, if I've not scored on 65 minutes, watch me, I'll get dragged off here. Anyway, we're drawing the game nil-nil, 65 minutes, fucking what happens, my number comes up. So I stormed off the pits, I started throwing my boots about. I fucking told you, lads, didn't I? I? Fucking told you. 
Anyway, Mikel Mandarin was shy, right? So that, that didn't work for him. And then same again, just after when I when I got back in the team on New Year's Day, we, that's when we fetched Yumi in. Uh, and I said to the lads, watch this. Well, if, if, if I've not scored on 60 minutes, I'll, uh, I'll get dragged. Anyway, we're getting beat 3-0 away at Exeter. But I was actually, like, as best player, I was doing all right. 60 minutes, my fucking number comes up. So I stormed off the pitch again, threw my fucking tacky top down, threw my boots. It's fucking bollocks this. I fucking, I fucking said this was going to happen. You know, like, so, so they could hear me saying it. And then we get to the game on the Tuesday night and goes into the dressing room with my, my shirt's in the sub spot. So I've gone in and he's coming and he's named the team and, I, and I've just fucking thrown a massive sulk. I just sat there, so we're going out for his warm-up at sort of five past seven. It's, it's, it's just before seven o'clock. I've not even got changed yet. Uh, and I need and I need to miss strappings, which take fucking four minutes. So he goes, Parker can have a word. So I've got up out my chair, I've stamped my feet, uh, I've followed him into his office. Uh, and I'll never forget it. He went, his first word was uh, frustrated. You know, he was asking me a question. I went, fucking frustrated. I said, are you taking the fucking piss? He says, what do you mean? I says, it fucking happened with that Mandarin. He was fucking shy. It's happened again. I said, what will happen is, you'll fucking take me off after 65 minutes or an hour if I've not scored. Fucking lo and behold, what happens? Take me off both times. He said, uh, not that, not that. I don't know if you can play this many games. I went, fuck off. And I, and I felt myself go, right? I thought, I've gone here. So I'm like, sort of, half a yard off his face and I think I'm thinking to myself I'm going to hit him I said I'm, I'm really like for the first time I'm going to hit a manager here so I went to put my hands in my pockets and he said me put my hands in my pockets and, I, and he took a step back and I think he thought to himself I could I could get a fucking cow tail here uh, and, and, he, and I just went he said it's a fuck, it's fucking out of order you're absolutely out of order I said it's fucking scandalous he says, look, are you going to be sub? I said, you've put me sub on you. He says, yeah. He says, well, I'll be fucking sub then. And that, 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 that I was so, so close to actually hitting him. If I had not put my hands in my pockets, I think I'd probably still been hitting him now. And it's fucking six years, like four years later, whatever it is. <laughs> I think, we, obviously, um, that's probably Fleetwood done. So we'll just move into a few general ones to finish there then. Uh, back to Barnsley. Um, you've played with a couple of players that kind of passed through Scunthorpe. One was uh, David Mulligan and the other was Rory Fallon who were in and around the squad at, at that same time. Do you have any memories or uh, experiences of those two players? Yeah, both mate. Both of my... Uh, we were all in the same YTS year. I mean, I think Molly's done one of these, hasn't he? Yeah, he has, yeah. Is it, does he come across as slack as what he actually is? <laughs> he, 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 mate, he's, he's slack. He's a fucking incredible lad, but he's slack as a bag of knackers, bless him. I remember when he first came in, Obviously, he's come over from New Zealand, totally different culture, and he got these, like, fluorescent purple shell suit bottoms on, a pair of sandals, like Jesus sandals, and a vest. <laughs> and that's what he's coming in on his first day in. We're like, what the fucking hell is this that's turned up? Uh, didn't mention that. He <laughs> didn't yeah, mention honestly, that. If anything, just, just message him about them shell suit bottoms that came in. <laughs> that, so that was his first day. Uh, and to be fair, he was some player, Mully, I think, a little bit like me, one of the reasons that Barnsley got rid of him was we couldn't stay in. You know what I mean? Barnsley nightlife were that good, we couldn't stay in. So Barnsley is pretty much like Scunthorpe, I imagine. If, if if some of the lads are in town, everybody knows about it. But when you're out on a Wednesday night and a, and a Saturday night every week, obviously the clubs start to start to get a little bit cheesed off with you. But it worked great. I mean, what the story of Mully, we used to get paid weekly back then on a Thursday. So what we what we used to get, whatever we used to get, and it was one week, and he went and bought a shirt, right, for the Saturday night. 
and the shirt were 130 quid for this shirt, right? And whatever, I, I don't know if he, he, were in the, he must not have been in the team then. So he got to sort of quarter to six uh, and he realised he'd got no money to go out with on the Saturday night, right? So what he'd done is he sold the shirt to one of the lads for 90 quid with the tags on because obviously the shop was shut. So instead of taking it back and getting his 130 quid back on the Monday morning, he wanted to go out on the Saturday night. So he sold it for 90 quid with the, with the tags on. Just so you could go out on the Saturday night. They said it's just a, just mad, mad, but a great, a great player. Like both footed, incredible player. Uh, and as I say, just slack as it's just so they just slack. We used to text them right for Saturday. To be fair, uh, and then Rory, Rory were a bit, Rory were a bit of a strange one. Rory, uh, I mean, they were all good lads who came over from from New Zealand, but as I say, totally different culture, and they're probably a, they're a bit strange, a bit strange to be honest. Mully were probably more more. More sort of British, if you like, because he'd, he'd lived in Liverpool and that, and he and his brother and whatever. But I mean, Rory, I didn't never really click with Rory to be honest. He was he was a fuck, he, he was he was too strange. I mean, even when he got in the team, and if we're having a night out and that, he one of them who would get pissed in the house on a, you know, like and go out at ten o'clock so he didn't have to spend no money. <laughs> I'm like, oh, mate, you're playing the fucking first team at Barnsley, right? What you trying to say? Fucking twenty quid just by getting pissed it out. Fucking get in, get in and get out amongst the mix of it. You know what I mean? And but he, he was just he was just a strange kid. And then I think he's ended up. I think he's ended up finding God now, isn't he? Sure. Yeah, I think he's a born again Christian now, Rory. But uh, yeah, he was just a strange kid. I mean, he ended up having a decent career to be fair, Rory. And I think injuries killed him a little bit. Uh, let's ask about another. Uh, former Scunthorpe United player that you had an encounter with uh, and this is while you're at Macclesfield and you're playing against Swansea tell us about your encounter with uh, Izzy Rackford <laughs> oh they made that were back that were really back in the day that were yeah. uh, when I was at Macclesfield I, I mean one of them we're playing away at Swansea at the old Swansea ground right it was fuck, it was nasty down you have a good down there <laughs> yeah, yeah it was it it nasty down there uh, I used to get dogs abuse from the from the away fans uh, from, the, from the home fans and probably about half an hour in, and he smashed me three or four times, right? Like, elbowed me across my nose and whatever. I've got a black eye. And, uh, and, he, and I said to him, I said, look, fucking carry on with that, mate, I'm telling you. Anyway, the, our goalkeeper's kicked it, uh, and, and he's headed it, and he smashed me at the same time. And he's, but he's headed it sideways, and it's hit the advertisement boards, and I've just, had a, I've just lost my head. And I've sort of, the ball's come back to me, and I'm trying to get back to Graham Potter, who's taking the throw in. And I've half-followed it, right? But I've caught it sweet as a nut and it's gone past Mully and it's hit this little kid in the face, right? And I'm like, oh, for fuck's sake. So I've had a look at the, uh, like, we've took the throw in and that and I've had a look in the crowd and there's ambulance, centrums ambulance around this kid and everything attending to him and whatever. They've got the bags with the oxygen and all that. I'm thinking, oh my God, what have I done here? Uh, so it gets to half time. Uh, and I went over to see the little kid. I said, look, I'm really sorry. Uh, I didn't mean to do it. And his mum just went, fuck off. I'm like, all right, okay. Uh, right, I, best, I best get in. And then second half, we, he's still smashing us or whatever. And, and I think we were, we'd got a chance of getting automatic promotion as well at time. Uh, I remember because Brian Orton said to me, you've cost us fucking promotion, you. And I'm like, oh, Christ. But it's one of them ways, you know, where he's, cl- he's, clear- he's on the touchline, he's clearing it up the line. And I thought, right, this is my chance to get him. So I've charged at him and he's cleared up the line. I've sort of gone through him a little bit, but he's ended up on top of me. 
and as he's got up, he's grabbed my balls, right? So I'm like half up, and he's grabbed my balls on the way up, and I've just flashed, and I've just I've just volleyed him straight in the face, right? <laughs> so I'm like half wide on my back, and I, and as I said, I've just I've caught him as sweet as I caught that half volley that hit the kid, and I've just volleyed him straight in the face, right? And nobody in the ground had seen, because obviously the ball had gone up the other side and everyone were looking that way. But the linesmen were like just behind us, which I didn't know. So I ended up getting getting sent off and uh, obviously a free game ban. And I don't think we won any, we didn't win a game in them three when I weren't playing. And that's, that's when Brian Orton said, you fucking cost us promotion. That's why we got a good chance of getting automatic promotion at the time. But yeah, it, did, just, it, it, just, it just kept smashing us. Uh, and, and I thought he's going to have to have it eventually. Uh, can, you, can you tell us about what you did on uh, deadline day at Preston to Chris Sedgwick? Oh, yeah. I mean, some fair way to great dressing room up at Preston. Really good dressing room. And transfer deadline day, it's one of them where everyone's got the phone, like everyone keeps checking the phones and, and everything. And I managed to, I, managed, I was sat, I was sitting next to Sed, so I managed to know it. I, got, I knew his pin for his phone. So he's, he's gone out early to training. I thought, I said to the lads, watch this, I will have a bit of fun with Sedgy. So I've got into his phone and I've changed. I've changed his agent's number, his agent's name for my number or however it works. So basically, I'm ringing him and it's coming up with his agent's name. So I've rung him like, I don't know, 10, 12 times and then sent a message saying, uh, Sedgy, ring me ASAP. I've got something good for you. Right. So we've gone out and trained and obviously all the lads know about it and whatever. So everybody's in the dressing room and he's come in and he's gone straight to his phone, picked his phone up and his phone up and you can just see the smile coming across his face. <laughs> so he's like, there's another read and look, obviously looks and gets up. He says, uh, looks like I'm off lads. Right. <laughs> so we're all up, like trying not to laugh and creased up says, uh, Right, well, right, what's happening? He says, uh, it, looks like, it looks like I'm leaving, lads. So he goes out into the car park, phones this number, which he thought was his agent. It's obviously my number. I've got it on loudspeaker in the dressing room. He went, hiya, Bon, what, did, what have you got for me? I said, I've got fucking nothing for you. Get back in this fucking dressing room. Nah. <laughs> nah. And he obviously came in with his tail between his legs. Fucking arseholes, you're, you're all fucking arseholes. It's my life, that, my fucking life. <laughs> Uh, we're just sort of drawing near the end. Um, I, will, I will put this this bit in now at the minute because obviously a lot of these stories we've got about Scunthorpe and about your other clubs, they've been taken from your book, uh, Feed the Beast, which is a brilliant read. If, if you haven't got it, do get it. Uh, maybe just tell us a little bit about your experience of writing that, but also uh, about your, your podcast now and what, what sort of drove you to start that. The book, I'll start with the book. To be fair, I just got a, a phone call out of the blue from... Uh from the, the ghost writer and he just said look would you fancy doing a book and we're like well I don't really think anyone's going to be interested in reading about me he said well obviously you've had loads of clubs and whatever and, and this that and the other uh, I'll meet you and, and see see if we can get some work together and take it to a publisher uh, and take it from there and so I went and met him and he ended up I think it were, I think I don't think the publishers want, were very keen to be honest to start with. They were a bit like, well, anyway, he managed to sell it to the publishers, and we did we did the book, and it, it was good. I mean, it, it, the the hardest thing for me was remembering what clubs I were at at what time, <laughs> and what what year and stuff like that. Cause I I ain't got a clue to be honest. I mean, 
I, I don't even know how many games I've played or goals I've scored. I know I know round and about, but I don't know like exactly. Uh, but we know it was a good experience. I mean, it was. I mean, once it comes out, you've got to be a little bit. You've got to be a bit busy with you know going and doing signings and interviews and all that sort of stuff. Well, but I, yeah, I enjoyed doing it and. Uh, and it, it went down all right, to be fair. It was, it was good. But uh, as I said, I never thought anybody would want to fucking just read, read about me. But it, it turns out that a few, a few did not want to. And then what about your podcast as well? Because that's obviously, it's, it's really, really popular and really successful. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, first of all, I never knew what a podcast was, to be honest. <laughs> Chris Brown, who I played with at Preston and at, and at Donny, he, he phoned me, he said, you fancy coming on a podcast? I was like, right, well, what, what, what's, what do I do? So he's just come and chat shift. I said, well, I can do that. That's no problem. So I went on as a guest on the first one, obviously did it. And they just said, look, you fancy carrying on with it? And we were like, well, so what What, what are we going to do? So we, we, we set it up and, and whatever. And we're like, well, what, what's going to be what's going to be a good number uh, if we get listening? They said, well, if we can get to 5,000 a week, that would be like, that would be, be good. And I think we're about 3.8 million downloads or something like that. So we're up to sort of over that and the and the YouTube. We're looking at eighty thousand a week. who are listening or watching it, which which is obviously bigger than we could have ever imagined. Really, it's going on tour as well, isn't it? Well, we were before this potentially. This virus. Yes. <laughs> yeah, we've got uh, we think we've got fifteen, sixteen dates set up. Uh, I mean, we've done four or five live shows uh, anyway, but we've got. Uh, yeah, 15, 16 dates set up where we, we're just going into theatres and, and like boozers and all that sort of stuff and, and doing them live, which we were really looking forward to, to be honest. And tickets were selling really well, but it's just one of them where we just have to wait and see. It's sort of July, August, so whether we'll be able to do it or not, we just have to wait and see what the what the guidelines are. But it's just, it's just, it's just basically we just sit down and, and have a few beers and, and talk shit, which is like right on my street to be honest we've uh, we've got a quote from george uh, regarding yourself johnny says this man popped a football with a sliding tackle in front of my face stood up and shouted at the linesman it's our fucking ball i've never been more terrified would you say that's a, a kind of good sum up of your style there <laughs> uh, probably yeah i mean i used to i used to hate referees and linesmen i used to I, they, they were the only thing that really wound me up to be honest i i used to give them dogs abuse but i mean <clears throat> to be fair when i when i got on the pitch i won't say i was like Outrageously aggressive, but I did like to. I did like to get get in the mix. You know what I mean. But as soon as I got off the pitch, I'd I'd, I'd go and have a beer with anybody apart from fucking Izzy Ben. <laughs> and uh, I think I think we'll end there then. Uh, I I we've enjoyed this so much, and I'm sure the listeners will as well. John, thank you so much for coming on. No problem. Thanks for having us. No, not at all. Uh, thank you very much for listening to this. Uh, check out John's book check out Under the Cosh the podcast as well because that's a great listen Uh, once again thank you very much and we'll see you on the next one Mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market they're your destination for unbeatable savings from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime round out Mom's menu with festive rosé irresistible berry chantilly cake and more special treats come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market 